0: Christ, according to Matthew, glory to you, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me, and he got up and followed him, and as he sat at dinner in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came and were sitting with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when Jesus heard this, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners. While Jesus was saying these things to them, suddenly a leader of the synagogue came in and knelt before him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. And Jesus got up and followed him with his disciples. Then suddenly a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for twelve years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak. For she said to herself, If I only touch his cloak... I will be made well. Jesus turned and seeing her, he said, Take heart, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And instantly, the woman was made well. When Jesus came to the leader's house and saw the flute players and the crowd making a commotion, he said, Go away, for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But when the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl got up. And the report of this spread throughout that district. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. O Lord, may your word only be spoken, and may your word only be heard. In the name of Jesus Christ, the living word. Amen. Amen. We're at that time of year that is full of endings and beginnings, graduations, moving up ceremonies, weddings, confirmations, program year endings as we're doing here this morning and the like. Lots of endings and beginnings. And I kind of think of this time of year as a little bit like New Year's Eve. There's time for celebration and merrymaking, well-deserved. But there's also a time for taking stock and looking back to reflect on the past, to try to make sense of it and perhaps to see what the past might offer for the future. Often it can be a bittersweet time when we're rightly proud of our accomplishments as well as aware of areas where we might have done a bit better. On the one hand, we might be looking forward to a promising future, what lies ahead, what we've worked hard to reach and to prepare ourselves for, but we may also be missing the connections, the people, the relationships, the institutions that we leave behind. For some of us, where we have ended up may seem something like a miracle. How could I have gotten here? How could we have gotten here? How could my loved one? have gotten here today. It really shouldn't have happened, but it did. For others, this time may seem like the reward for a well-planned and well-deserved plan. I planned it, I accomplished it. What's next? For still others, it may be a time of some disappointment. Maybe the result of bad luck or poor planning or lack of energy or creativity. I know that in my own life, my path has often made sense only in retrospect. I have sometimes had a clear sense of where I need to be going and sometimes not. And because we can't know what the future holds, even sometimes our most deeply held and firmly made commitments hold events, promises, occurrences, consequences that we could not have foreseen. And so we may find ourselves living into a future that may not make sense while it's happening. It's, fair, it's rare, I think, that life is lived as a straight line. It's more often, in my experience, lived as something of an interrupted circle with hopefully forward movement at some time in the future will make sense now as the stories in Matthew and Genesis are told to us this morning uh, these guys Abram and Matthew they start with stunning clarity they hear God very clearly and they respond decisively God says to Abram go and Abram went Jesus says to Matthew, follow me. And Matthew gets up and does it. Perhaps he was tired of being a government bureaucrat. But I wonder, after this initial moment of clarity, as their lives, as their journeys were unfolding, if their lives as they lived them were quite as clear quite as focused as their beginnings might have indicated and in fact we do get some sense of this from the text after the initial clarity of call and vision there's actually a little bit more ambiguity in moving around and interruption in Abram's call after he gets up and goes he actually moves around quite a lot he's here and he's there he builds an altar here he builds an altar there He stops. He starts. The text says he journeyed on by stages. So it's not quite, if you read carefully, not quite as linear as it might have seemed when it started. And we know also, of course, of course, from Paul's letter to the Romans, we're reminded that Abraham didn't see the end. He didn't see the fulfillment of the promises that God had made to him. Hundreds of maybe even thousands of years, you might think that we're still waiting for the promises made to Abraham to be fulfilled. Likewise, with Matthew, Jesus says to him, follow me, and the Gospel says, Matthew just got up and went. But, if we look at the adventures and even misadventures of the disciples, their lives were hardly Linear, Hardly straightforward. They make lots of mistakes. There's lots of setbacks. There's lots of detours. And although we, uh, in the book of the Acts of the Apostles, we seem to have a, a, a story, a rendition of a clear and mighty church marching on forcefully ahead without incident, it was hardly the case. There were setbacks and disappointments as well as glory now if we look at Jesus' actions in the text that we heard Jesus himself seems to have not a linear path after he calls Matthew he goes and has dinner and then his dinner is interrupted by this desperate father searching for life for healing for his daughter So Jesus gets up from dinner and he goes. But then he's interrupted again. He's stopped by the woman with the hemorrhages and he heals her. And then he keeps on going and he comes to the house and has to throw the scoffers out who don't believe that he can do what he can do. And he raises the dead, raises that little girl And then after the scene where the gospel leaves off, he goes, tries to go back to dinner and he's interrupted again by people who want what he has to offer. So I imagine in his humanity, in his humanity, oh, and also the blind guys, after he heals them, he tells them, don't tell anybody what I've just done. And of course, they go out and they blab it all over the world. I imagine that in the humanity, in the human part of his personality, Jesus must have felt like his life was one kind of big interruption. Not until later, I don't think, in his ministry, did it become clear what his ultimate destination was. Now, many of the people we're going to honor this morning, in a few minutes uh, during the announcements, Church school teachers, graduating high schoolers, young choristers are reaching milestones in their journeys of faithfulness. In some sense, they have heard and are still hearing God's call to them. And they have followed that call without full knowledge of what it meant. I'm thinking particularly of high school. You know, If they had known what it was going to hold, would they have if the parents hadn't sort of kept them going, would they have said, yeah, I'd like to graduate from high school. Probably just to get out. But in any case, I think often we make commitments that we don't know how they're going to end up. But the church school teachers and choristers and high schoolers remain faithful. And along with the struggles have come joy and satisfaction and these milestones, while they signify endings in some sense, are also beginnings that reach towards God's future in ways that are yet to be understood. Now, the stories that we heard this morning from Abraham about Abraham and about Jesus and Matthew um, I think should give us some comfort as we live into our lives ahead of us and as we honor uh, a number of people who are making having milestones Um, in their lives the Bible stories show us that life is not always clear cut it can be ambiguous in the midst of our lives it may not always be clear where God is and what's going on in fact it may feel sometimes an awful lot like God is not present but what these stories tell us I believe and what the Bible as a whole tell us is that God is present whether or not we are able to see it at the time. The Bible was put together by our Jewish and Christian brothers and sisters with the benefit of hindsight and faithfulness. They had come to believe and to know as they looked back. Indeed, the Lord was present with us and with our people. Likewise for us, at times when the future May look uncertain, joyful, perhaps frightening, uncertain. Perhaps we, too, can reflect on our past and see, well, indeed the Lord was there. And as I go forward, as we go forward, perhaps we can bring that faith that has hindsight and project it into the future, knowing that indeed the Lord will meet us there though we might not see Him yet. Amen.